Hello, my name is Ahad Hassan, and welcome to Titan Alumni Talks, a weekly podcast where we talk to alumni about their journey as a Titan and where they are today. Having been established in 1957, CSUF is now nearing 300,000 alumni. Because we are a family of Titans, we should ask the question, who are our alumni? Join me every week as we meet some of our CSUF alumni from various industries to answer this question. For today's episode, we have Ricky Glenn as our guest. He graduated from Cal State Fullerton with a bachelor's in finance with a concentration in real estate in 2008, and he now works as a senior merchandise manager at the Titan Shops on campus. So welcome, Ricky. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. So the first question I wanted to ask you is, what do you do as a senior merchandise manager on campus? Well, senior merchandise manager, it's a, it's a pretty broad role, but the gist of it is that I oversee a large portion of the campus store operations. That would include technology and accessories, um, art and school supplies, along with office supplies, um, also gifts and apparel, so a lot of the logo apparel that you see around campus. Most of it, I would say 80% of it is probably, uh, probably flows through the campus store. Uh, also food and beverages, so the snacks that you see around campus, usually more than likely it's going to come from Titan Shops. Also the Irvine Center campus store falls under my belt as well. So it's a broad category, set of categories if you will, um, you know, throughout the campus store operation. I see, so you take care of both the Irvine store and the Cal State Fullerton one, the Fullerton campus, along with like the other parts in Cal State Fullerton or the other shops? That's sort of divvied out in a sense. I mean, we do have managers underneath myself and other places in the store that will handle it. But we do have, say, for instance, like the Breeze Stop that's yeah. over at the Langster Fall and then also the Yum that's over in the TSU. Um, those are managed by our food convenience manager. But um, that individual will fall under the general merchandise umbrella, which is my arena. Oh, okay. Yes. So I didn't know that. It all like, connects back. To it all connects back in some kind of way. I see. Yeah. So let's go back to when you got into Cal State Fullerton. Tell me about the experience on how did you get there? Were you a high school student going in, like graduating into it or did you transfer from a community college? I was a high school student beginning my journey here at, at Cal State Fullerton. And so uh, just to give you a little bit of background on that, I, I was a high honors student in high school. I did a lot of different things, different programs. I was involved with different things. I had good grades. I was connected with, with students that were like-minded like myself. But that didn't exactly translate over to school here. I think for a number of different reasons, um, for whatever reason, like I really struggled my first couple of semesters, maybe in my first couple of years, I, I struggled a, a bit to kind of find my way, find my path and really get used to um, uh, being in this new environment. Right. High school for me, my graduating class was no more than 60 students. Where'd you graduate from? And I graduated from a school that was called uh, South Bay Lutheran High School, and that's in Inglewood, California. We're talking about going from a small school, predominantly black. And then here I am on this gigantic campus. At the time, it was maybe about 25, maybe 27,000 students, but still, you're talking about a significant leap. So uh, that was one of the reasons, I think, where, you know, it took me a while to adjust and, and figure things out in terms of academically as a student. And did it take time for you to adjust with your major or no? It definitely took time to adjust at, uh, with my major. In the sense where, when I got here to Cal State Fullerton, my major was electrical engineering. So one of the hardest degrees that you can probably take advantage of. That only lasted maybe about a year and a half. I got to Calculus 250 and I caught it. <laughs> 250 was difficult. I, I admit that 250 was hard. 250 is a whole other different animal, a whole other set of derivatives and all that, that crazy stuff. And um, I just decided that that wasn't my path. I thought it was because there were a couple of engineers in my family on my mom's side. And uh, it, it, it sounded good to me. And I enjoy doing things with my hands every now and then. Um, uh, I understood computers a little bit. So I thought that was my path. So that's where I went for it. Um, but that's never a bad thing. You know, you, f you, figure, you figure yourself out along the way and, 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 and uh, uh, you know, decisions change. But anyways, after that, I jumped into finance. And my finance path, I think, led me partially into the career path that I am in now. I see. 
So what year did you change it to finance? Um, it had to have been 2004 is when I changed it. So I stopped school for a little bit. So that was a part of my journey also. And, you know, that's one thing uh, I, I like to tell that story because I know there are students, their path is not easy educationally. And look at myself. I was a high honor uh, a student in high school, but that wasn't the same picture in, in college. So I like to tell that story. I like to tell, you know, hopefully authentic, different kind of a story, you know, especially with what I had to experience here. So, yeah, I got pretty deep into the process, decided that academic lane wasn't for me. I struggled a bit. Um, I also worked a lot. I worked roughly about 40 hours the whole entire time I was in school. I so see. that was another factor, um, something that I don't recommend for any student. But I don't know, all in a nutshell, I mean, that, that, that kind of changed the tra trajectory of things. I guess I hit one of the pivotal moments in, in my life where I said, okay, engineering is not for me. Maybe finance is. I think some other things happen, and then away with it we go. So give me a timeline of that situation. So you started school what year? I started school in 99. So Cal State Fullerton in 99. Yep. Mm -hmm. And then when did you decide to take the break? So I took the break maybe about two years after that. I see. So around 2001. And then yep. you yep. came back around 2004. I would say almost a couple of years later, I went okay. back into school. Um, I wasn't classless in that time frame. Um, I think I took some classes at Fullerton College, but I was only taking maybe a class at a time. Um, and still trying to juggle a workload. Yeah. Um, uh, again, that's not something that I ever, you know, really recommend for you know, students who are trying to find their way academically. Um, but that was the struggle that I was met with. So school really didn't really, really become very serious to me until I would say maybe 2005. And that's about when I met my now wife. And that's when things became real and um, the finance degree really started to apply itself. I started to enjoy school academically. It took off from there. I see. So where were you working at? Were you starting work right out of high school or were you working before in high school? I was actually working quite a bit before high school. Oh, before high school. So okay. I built a strong work ethic early on. Um, just simple things. In my neighborhood, there was a lady. I would water her grass. I would uh, pull her weeds and um, uh, take out her trash. And it was maybe a, two or three neighbors that I did that for. So early on, 13, 14, I was already starting to learn how to make a little bit of money for myself, be a little bit more independent, that kind of thing. You know, my, my dad really, he, you know, he prided himself on how he raised me in that sense, right? So I think, you know, naturally, that's, that's how I started to behave a bit. Um, but fast forward a bit, my first kind of a real job before I even got into high school was working for Staples, Staples Office Supply Store. And um, uh, that was a job that carried through into college, I would say, all the way through 2001, 2002. So I worked for Staples for some time. And when I look back on Staples now, that, that was a pivotal turning point for me in terms of where I would end up right now, right? Because Staples is a little more retail-based. Yeah. Um, um, you know, that customer service, that sales aspect of it, um, uh, that really gave me a firm base. But also Staples gave me a different kind of confidence, right? Not everyone was my age was working out of Staples. And so in Staples, I think I, I want to say my, my job title was a business machine specialist. So how does that sound? I mean, you know, you're 18, 19, 20 years old and you're a business machines specialist, right? You know, people who come to you aren't like your age. They're a lot older. Exactly. Yeah. So um, um, I, I really had a sense of just, OK, ownership to that. Right. Yeah. And I felt like I was good at it. I think that built and bridged the mentality for, you know, for what I started to do truly as a professional. So when you got back into college, when you said in like around 04, 05, were you still working at or were you just working in general at that time? Or no? no, eventually I stepped away from Staples. I think that was just too much. And no knock on Staples. That's not what the point of it is. But um, as, a, as a student and, you know, people around you, uh, we, we have to be careful about. So, you know, here I am. I'm working for Staples and I'm working 40 hours, sometimes 45 hours. 
that that's not a good mix. That's not a good balance academically. It's just it's just not. It should be more of the opposite, where you spend the forty hours on school and then maybe your side hours. Exactly, exactly. So that probably ended up being the number one reason why I struggled so much. Yeah. But I didn't know that at that time. I thought I needed to work to provide for myself, to be independent. I probably could have gotten the support and help, but I don't think I even asked for it. I don't think I ever even asked for it. So what particularly made you change to finance? Was it the job at Staples? It, I think it was a combination of the job at Staples, the high degree of difficulty in the engineer field. But, but also, I, it just I think when I jumped over to finance, it, it just felt a little bit more fluid. Um, there were one or two classes where I just knew that it was for me. And it had to have been, uh, I think it was finance, 330, which would have been a corporate finance. And so that's where you start to look at the, the, the books of the company, right? The yeah. income statement, the balance sheet, all of that good stuff. And that really, I, I really felt at home. I was excited for it. I think then and there I knew that, oh, okay, the finance lane and how could I apply that to retail, which is retail. I knew it already. I knew it and I understood it. And it wasn't so much that I just wanted to do that one thing, but I knew it so well. I told myself, okay, why not? So how did you end up getting the job at Titan Shops? So at some point, I figured Staples was just too much. Even though I was very good at it, I left on a high note. It was just too much for a student to to work right there and say, hey, uh, you know, you might want to rethink this. So anyways, left Staples, and um, I decided not to work for a while because I had a lot of money saved up from working at uh, Staples. So I would say roughly almost about a year later, I started walking, working at the campus store, and that was a turning point for me. Just felt like a, a good place. There were good people there. Um, it felt real and it felt authentic and it feels so sales and quota related like how I was over at, at, at Staples. And I advanced very fast there. Um, I would say just within the span of five months, I became a, a lead associate and then I became a supervisor. Oh, okay. And so I was able to work 30 hours. Um, but that was a manageable 30 hours. My boss at that time sort of kept me in check right with that he says yeah of course like i can work you more but how much are you going to dedicate to your studies and i heard that a little bit so the campus store kind of kept me in line a little bit more to you know where the trajectory where i needed to be yeah Yeah. and so what did you start off as a campus store before going to the leader so well um i was in the general merchandise department specifically supplies oh okay so i I was a supplies associate okay um, at that at that time so all the pens and pencils, school supplies, so different things like that. that. Yep. Uh-huh. I see. Uh-huh. I had some strength in merchandising, obviously that customer service element coming from a, a larger retailer like Staples. So I was able to apply some of those those skills, those hard and soft skills to working mm-hmm. at Titan Shops. Especially with that much experience, like it's just a must. That's yeah, perfect fit. exactly. So um, I was on a, a path right there. Um, and again, going back to my background and being a little bit of a workaholic, well, that was a no-brainer to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it also seems like you would have saved a lot of time and stress by working at the Titan shop instead of like outside because like just getting off campus, driving to your work, getting there on time and then starting over. This is just a walk from your class to work. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I just didn't realize that at first. I literally live right across the street from campus on the associated side. Oh, okay. Um, So, yeah, once I started working for the bookstore, I could just walk right into work, walk back, take some classes. Um, In terms of schedules, there's just a lot of continuity that was there and things just um, somewhat fit. Um, so I always recommend that students work here on campus somewhere because I mean, they're, they're going to get the right kind of nurturing. They're going to have the right kind of environment. They're going to be amongst people who are like minded like them that are doing some of the same things that they're doing. So it totally makes sense to work on, on campus. Wish I had started that a lot early on. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that you live across the street. So when did you move there? Um, I actually uh, after a semester in from my f- first time. I from f- yeah. Huh, okay. From coming into school. Um, yeah. I, I, 
I worked. I mean, I'm sorry. I, I lived around campus. Oh, okay, I see. Mm-hmm. You just stayed there during your break, and then you just continue, and then yeah. you still live there. Yeah, uh-huh. oh. I had a good little nucleus of uh, friends. So even d- during the summer months, uh, we sort of figured things out. Uh, some of those people are still my friends to this day. Yeah. Uh, so we we all seem to help each other figure out our living situation. So that seemed to work for me. Yeah. Yeah. Because then living on camp or like living right by campus, it also takes off a lot of that stress too. So you're able to kill like a lot of that commute time that people have to worry about. Like my commute, I commute from Corona and Riverside. So that takes me an hour each way. That's an hour, but you know, getting ready, coming back home, like de-stressing after the long drive. So yeah, that that takes like a toll, but then it's, it is convenient when people are able to live like near campus and also work on campus. I also recommend that to anyone because you're also working with people who go to the same school, who have similar schedules. At Staples, you might have like possibly met another student. It could have been at like a different school, but most people working there aren't students trying to balance two no. things. Mm-mm. But then everyone here at like the Titan store, at the alumni office, wherever they're at, maybe at the ASI or the TSU, all students, they all work here, they all go to school here. Yeah, and maybe that's part of the reason why when I worked at Staples, there was a lack of understanding there because there were, you're right, yeah. there were, I never worked alongside a student um, or even someone who was close to me in age. I don't think so. Um, and most of those individuals that were working there, uh, that, that's what they did. I mean, that was their job. That's how they made ends meet. And um, yeah, I just didn't come across very many students who, uh, you know, college students, college bound students um, that were working on a degree. It just wasn't there. So it seems like you had two main jobs, just the one at Staples and then like with moving up and then the one at Titan Shops, Titan Shops. with moving yep. up. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Seems like a pretty solid thing, you know, not moving around too much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sticking with one thing and it's like, you know. Well, I mean, oh. when you feel like you're good at something and, and you know, you are the kind of individual, you know, I'm a loyal individual. Um, uh, once I say I'm committed to something and I'm going to be a part of it, I'll really try and be a part of it. Uh, I guess Staples got the best of me in that sense. I stayed with them for quite some time and even Titan Chops. Mm-hmm. Titan Chops has really worked out for me. Um, um, uh, I applied myself and I advanced through the organization and you know here I am t- today. Yeah. yeah. And then been able to tell my story to students who work for me or work alongside me. And, you know, they can kind of get it firsthand on what to do and what not to do, yeah. you know. Because so. not only did you work in their position, but you also went to school with them, like, doing the same thing alongside. As much as they may not realize it, I am them, or I mm-hmm. was them. I am a perfect example of having to make it work, yeah. regardless if you finish in three years or if you finish in eight years. Um, I'm an example of that, for sure. I think there's some programs that are coming on here on campus where uh, it's a little bit more mentorship-based. And um, that's one thing I always recommend for for anyone that's um, in the academic lane or just period. You just want to be a more productive member of society, right? Um, get yourself a mentor. Get someone that is, um, they care about your growth yeah. um, and the value of you being a better person, right? And they can give you the kind of guidance and help you get to those skills that are needed for you to be successful. So I, I recommend you have a mentor, but then also have someone that's equal to you, right? You guys share similar goals. You may not be on the same academic path, but you guys keep each other in check, right? Yeah. Um, um, it's just that that peer-to-peer, um, you know, competitiveness. You know, you, you need that. And then I always recommend that us, all of us as individuals, re-mentor someone else, right? I think that really gives you, like, this nice little fair balance, right? Yeah. Get mentored, have the competitive with someone that's equal to you, mentor someone else. You pass an information uh, 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 along. I think if the campus really develops that even more, I think we're going to see, you know, better students. They're going to be more in tune to things. Um, they're going to understand, like, the ebbs and flows. Yeah, yeah, and then, like, there would be the orientation leaders who could be the mentors mm-hmm. or, like, supplemental big brother, big sister at the orientation, you know, mm-hmm. like sophomores, juniors, mm-hmm. helping them out. I, I, I think it's getting there. Um, 
I don't recall when I came to the campus of there being a welcome day, mm. oh, right? Okay. Um, we have a welcome day and it's big and it's grand and the campus puts a lot of time and effort in, in, into it. Um, I see that connection starting to come on a little bit. Um, orientation, I think that we can take an even deeper dive, but even orientation has grown a, a bit, right? And the way that they try and connect with the student and almost, almost making it kind of required for parents to come yeah. or at least encouraging the parents to come. So then, you know, you have that, that, that guardianship, right? And they're intertwined into like that student's education at a very, very early, early age. But, you know, on the flip side of that is, yeah, how can we influence a little bit more of that peer-to-peer -peer engagement? And so you really bring it all together. I mean, because all sorts of conversations come up, come up with your peers, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think that's just influencing or that would influence growth, growth within itself. I feel like as a society, we're moving from a more individualistic to a more group and community sense, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. where I think the baby boomers were called like the me generation because of how narcissistic they were mm -hmm. and just self-centered. And so it was all like, I'm going to do this on my own. I'm just going to go to college on my own. I don't need anyone. But now it's like, all right, let's all get together and let's work on things together. So I feel like that that's beneficial in terms of you can get a lot of things out of that. Yeah. yeah that people yeah. don't really like see or. Like they've just never done it before. I mean, just in general, things are changing in that sense. I mean, even once you get into the professional world, right? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking. You know, I think that the company, it's we workspace or something. Yeah. Like that. It's like more of like this social working space. Yeah. Everything is kind of like more social or collaborative. Even the places where we go and eat, right? Kind of more mess hall based. Yeah. But organized mess hall, right? It's like there's benches and there's not like oh yeah, just these tables that only four people can sit at. I don't know. It's a, it's a bench more where open like now. I'm gonna end up sitting next to a stranger for sure. Um, to your point, I think society is moving in that direction. I think us here at Cal State Fullerton, students and professionals, I think we're starting to see that, that transition. It's a slow transition, but I, I think it's starting to happen. I mean, individuals like you and myself, we can help nudge that. You mentioned that you didn't do any clubs on campus. Is that like one thing that you wish you would have done instead? Oh yeah, I wish I was far more connected on campus than what I am because I'm connected on campus now. Yeah. So I talked about um, a good portion of my job. I would say 25 to 30% of it is really campus outreach. Yeah. It's, it's really getting out there and coordinating things with different departments as a result of Welcome Day, as a result of new student orientation, but even just campus orders, large campus orders, constantly email correspondence and phone calls, different things like that. It, it's more intertwined here in campus and I was when I was a student yeah. <laughs> and you know it's, it should have been a, a whole lot more right yeah and I think I mean I would have gotten a, a lot more out of the experience it would have been an experience and you know not the scary and timid thing that I made it out to be at that time college is sort of what you make it you know like some people just come in they go out in four and it's just like a blur you know but some people they spend more time they make long-lasting relationships through it they find jobs on there like you you were able to maybe not to like the fullest extent by not joining clubs but still like the job you found uh you mentioned that you met your wife over here at that time so there are still some like long-lasting experiences that people get from it and i feel like there's a lot of people who miss out on it especially if the school doesn't encourage staying on campus or like going to these events not putting as much of an emphasis as they could on doing these things as a communal group so what advice would you give to people going into the field of finance or even electrical engineering since you have some experience in it? I mean, it's, it really starts with just work ethic within yourself mm -hmm. and outside of trying to be a working professional, but just the work ethic and wanting to apply yourself, right? Apply yourself to a passion, even though that passion could change often. I mean, it, it can change once, once or twice throughout your four years or five years on, um, um, in school. One thing I would recommend is that uh, something like engineering, which is a, 
a very tough field to be in and even finance. I mean, latch on to others, get into those peer groups, um, especially as it relates to, to the class. Learn what they are learning, learn what they're not learning as, as well. Make that, that connection. That would be my advice because I'm not sure that I took the time to make that connection so that academics can be that much easier for me. I see. And then since you did mention that you left Cal State Fullerton because you felt like electrical engineering and just like academics in general weren't for you, what advice would you give to other students who, who also think with that mindset, who are on the fence about going to their next semester and maybe just thinking, I'll find a regular job and just work with that? Still, again, I think it, it comes down to who you're socializing with and really building a much broader network of individuals that, that can be goal-oriented because uh, I, I think you're influenced by that quite a, quite a bit. You know, for those individuals like who find themselves in, in, in that situation, like, you, you know, you, information is what you need. You need information about what it could mean to have a career and to prosper in that career and that having a great career could lead to having a good family dynamic, um, all of these different things. I think individuals who are in that predicament, I just think that they maybe have a lack of information. And I think, I think that's what the, the missing key is. I can only mostly take it from, from myself and what, what I understood and what I didn't understand when I felt like I needed to transition from academics to just only working, right? I thought that it couldn't work for me. I, I thought that what I was doing, what I thought professionally at, at that time was good enough. And I thought that my growth was gonna come from there. And not that it can't, but um, I didn't have the know it all to, to understand that education could you know, prepare me a lot further and a lot faster. Because it could be like a lot of times there are people who say that higher education isn't for everyone. And that kind of makes sense where you do need different classes of society to build a proper structure. Not everyone can be college educated, be business owners and be at the top. You need people on the bottom of the pyramid to support everyone at the top. So I feel like some people fall into the mindset that what if I am the bottom of the pyramid and they underachieve because of false expectations they put on themselves or, or they don't like properly just assess their potential at that time. So what's one thing that you wish you would have done or you wish you didn't do when you were in college? The education. Well, no, I'll take a step back. I would not work as much. Yeah, even though you're working and you're productive and you're doing something that's contributing, right? Yeah. Um, that's just loss of energy. So here I was working eight hours or any student that's, you know, that's working that, that type of, um, that has that type of workload. You go home and you need to rest and rejuvenate, but what happens? Your friends want to hang out. Yeah. So then you go and hang out with your friends, you, you socialize. Even socializing is an activity that can eventually wear you out. And then you try and do your cycle, get back up, go to school, go to work, and then do that for five days out of the week or however much it is. It's taxing. Yeah. And did you work in the mornings or was it at night? So I worked at, um, I worked in the mornings. Oh, okay. So you had to take more night classes. Yep. Mm -hmm. I yeah, see. Yeah, evening classes. So how was that? How was taking night classes? Um, the, the last two or three years that I was in education, I, I dealt with it. I, I handled it. Mm -hmm. I mean, at that, at that point, I was a full-on working professional. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah um, so after 2005-ish, you know, and my wife and I were starting to progress with our relationship and everything. Um, yeah, I just, I made that work. It was almost like, in a sense, I was the working professional who was doing his master's program, right? Oh, but yeah. But I just, you know, it started to click. I started to apply myself in a number of different ways. I got connected with other people who were in the same situation, and it just made things easier. So working throughout high school and then going to university as an electrical engineer major and then eventually taking a break from school and then coming back, I wanted to ask how your goals and aspirations have changed throughout that time. How they've changed? Yeah. Well, one thing I will say is that they probably should change. And if there's not much change, then I'm not, I'm not sure that you're really pushing yourself. Yeah. You're not really applying yourself um, 
um, because as you read more and acquire more information, as you talk to more people, I mean, there, there, there should be some dynamic there. Like you, you, you mm-hmm. should be changing. Um, you should be developing as an individual and as a professional. Um, but as far as like my journey, my journey uh, along the, the academic route, um, it changed quite a bit along the way. Like obviously switching from being a, an engineer major to becoming finance and then, you know, ev- eventually, you know, finding a path for like, oh, okay, is there some a little bit of real estate in there? Oh, like I can apply this finance degree to what I do in the um, retail arena right and then working for the campus store and um being you know one of those members of the campus that you know that that can contribute so yeah i think it 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 fluctuated quite a bit um um, i think i'm a much different person from when i first started to where where i am now and it should be that way everyone should should be fluctuating early on in my academic career i didn't understand money really right and 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 how that could elevate you, right? And then I did understand money, and then I started to focus on that. I thought that that was the success. Um, um, now that I'm a little older and, and, and wiser, I, I guess th- that's not the end game. I, I think I think my idea of success is really the the students that I'm, I'm working with. I mean, if we're talking more professionally, right? Yeah. So within the professional arena, I think like I get a lot of gratification just seeing um, uh, my student personnel progress on, right? And I always tell them, I say, regardless if you're here on campus with us for two weeks or if it's five years, I want you to get the most of this experience. Like, I want you to enjoy it and get connected and be a part of it all because you're only going to be a better individual once you go ahead and move on. So, uh, I mean, I really think that my idea of success is, professionally at least, is sort of like centered around that. Um, If we're talking outside um, professional and more personal life, like what does success mean to me? uh, I don't know. It's right now. I'm 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 on a, in a mode of gathering information, um, uh, becoming smarter, becoming more intelligent, um, understanding the way that the world works in these ways that I, I didn't know that it it, it worked. Mm-hmm. Right, and um, I don't know. I'm, I'm success has become less of like this this thought and this idea that I need to achieve, and it's become more of like this. Well, like I'm just successful in the individual that I become. Um, you know, being connected and telling my story like th- that—that's the success to me. Yeah, I think it is. Do you, do you listen to any audiobooks or no? I do. I, I listen oh. to audiobooks and I've been reading books. And um, I never been much of a reader until maybe about three years ago. Oh, okay. So I, I ran into an individual, and he's—he's a—he's a, he's a big reader, mm-hmm. right? And um, he feels like he gets its its his success, if you will, from gaining knowledge. So um, one of the first books that really hit home with me that I just and I sort of enjoyed the concept of it was it was called The Millionaire Next Door. No, I don't no. know if you ever heard of that book. I haven't, no. But, you know, The Millionaire Next Door is not who we think it is. Oh, um, okay. We tend to think that The Millionaire Next Door is the baseball player, the celebrity, um, um, even the high-end doctor. It may not be that individual because those individuals, um, they may make a lot of money, but they may also spend a lot of money, mm-hmm. and therefore that wealth is not there. Whereas the um, the millionaire next door could actually be our parents, yeah. right? Um, um, they just own a small business. They are, you know, they just have a regular average job, whatever it may be, but they are big savers also. Yeah. Now, this book was based on, you know, some years ago, right? So it's, I don't think that it's quite caught up time-wise. And t- I, don't, I think that the thinking is slightly different, but I just enjoyed the fact that, um, you know, when we go back to talking about the concept of uh, success and then how money is uh, applied in that, I think reading that book taught me that, oh, okay, well, me making a ton of money is not necessarily the end goal then. Yeah. Um, it's, it's about what I do with my money. 
it's about what I do with, with my passion and, and, and whether or not I'm passing information on so that other people can do well with their money and their finances and different things like that. Um, but that was a book that really hit home with me and it started my path into reading and listening to audio books. Yeah. What are some like tips you would give to current Cal State Fullerton students? Like five, five tips. Five tips. Yeah. You um, can name it out. Uh, like I said, get yourself a mentor, regardless if that is mom or, mom or dad, but preferably someone else. Um, uh, because they're going to have a non-biased approach mm -hmm. about your growth in life. Um, find someone that you can be competitive with. Um, uh, that is truly where a lot of the magic is. I have that, that person in my life. He's like a best friend of mine. I feel like I can be competitive with him. I feel like I can you know, relate to him in a lot of different ways. And I think that where his success is and where my success is, like he, we, we keep each other, like that, yeah. that balance is there, right? Um, um, and then uh, also that third one that I talked about is finding someone else that you can possibly mentor because that teaches you maturity. Mm -hmm. You know, that teaches you to stand back and um, uh, stop looking at yourself so much and then help someone else. Um, the other thing is the one thing that I didn't do is, you know, get, get into a good network, right? Yeah. Talk to people, um, uh, learn their stories. Um, don't be so worried about your own and, you know, so, don't be so quick to tell your own story. Like, I, I guess at the same time, be a good listener. Um, absorb everything that's going on around you within your, your network or your networks because those can be, uh, networks can be expensive. Um, but it, that will go a long way into, you know, you growing as an individual. Um, I would say the, the other thing, the other tip is, um, especially the way that my trajectory went in terms of education, I would say find that balance in between work and education. Um, Make sure that that works out for you academically first before work is, you know, a factor. Um, uh, I, I think it, it'll just help those individuals that are, you know, in that space. Uh, it'll help them maintain a, a bit more. So with that, we're going to end the episode here. Thank you so much, Ricky, for joining us this week and sharing your experiences and wisdom with us students here at Cal State Fullerton. So if you would like to connect with Ricky and other Titan alumni, make sure you join Titan Pro Network, which is our very own Titan LinkedIn site. Students and alumni can connect among our Titan family to get career advice, have your resume reviewed, and even find a mentor. So join Titan Pro Network today. And if you have missed any of our episodes, check them out on YouTube by searching for CSUF alumni. And be sure to join us next Saturday at 4 p.m. on titanradio.org for Titan Alumni Talks. Thank you. And 